You're listening to Heartland Politics with Robin Johnson, a presentation of WVIK Quad Cities NPR. Welcome back to the Heartland Politics Show and Podcast, which is aired on and distributed by WVIK, Quad Cities NPR. WVIK is the flagship public radio station in the Quad Cities region of northwestern Illinois and eastern Iowa. This is your host, Robin Johnson. And after last week having the Iowa Democratic Party chair, Rita Hart, on, uh, this week I've got the pleasure of welcoming the Republican Party chair of Iowa, Jeff Kaufman on. Jeff was a guest several years back, and uh, it's good to have you back, Mr. Chairman. How are you doing? I am just fine, Robin. I appreciate being back. I'm on my uh, I'm on my eighth year of being the chair, and so I've got less hair than the last time I talked to you, primarily because of that. Let's change subjects. Sure. <laughs> Understood. Yeah. Hey, well, I... The first thing is, I've got to say, I'm a little surprised to be talking with you after, you know, the last time we spoke seemed like a, a, a lifetime ago in, in politics, but uh, the, Iowa was considered a purple state, um, and now the Republicans control just about everything in Iowa, except one statewide office. Uh, I figured you'd be retired on a beach somewhere with a tropical drink, uh, but here you are still chairman. Um, what what more are you trying to accomplish as, as chairman of the Iowa Republican Party? Sure. And, and, a, and a primary reason for uh, serving another two-year term is the Iowa caucuses. Uh, we, we have got to uh, make sure that these caucuses are come off as, as perfect as human beings can make it. I've got uh, two caucus cycles under my belt. And so that is a primary reason. But uh, we also we we want we want our state auditor to be Republican. Uh, the auditor's position is a position, unfortunately, that the current auditor is used to for to politically attack our governor. And in my opinion, uh, not being a CPA, uh, he's using it as more of a political position than anything else. So, Robin, that would be a primary goal. And then we also have uh, we also have uh, three congressional seats that are certainly not slam dunk. So we want to make sure that uh, our newly elected Zach Nunn is reelected. We want to make sure and hold the first and second districts that are right uh, in your in your listing area. So those would be primary uh, reasons and motivation for uh, me continuing to serve as the chairman of the GOP. Well, it's certainly interesting times. And I, I, I guess, you know, I've spoken with you before and you're, you're somebody, I think, who, who takes seriously and understands the history of politics and is a student of it, as I am. Uh, but, I, you know, I have different discussions with people uh, concerning Iowa politics and how much it's changed. But when do you really see what election cycle was it when things really changed? I mean, there's no doubt that this was a purple state. It was a competitive state, a battleground state. Uh, not too long ago, it seems. Uh, was Donald Trump the pr primary driver of this sea change in Iowa politics, or was it something that happened before? What do you think? I, I would say 2016 was a watershed. And, the, and, and what Donald Trump did for the Republican Party of Iowa is broaden our base. Uh, Donald Trump, you know, it, it certainly brought more people into the party. I will never forget in 2016, actually in Davenport. Uh, at one of the very first uh, one, one of the very first rallies that uh, that at that point candidate Trump uh, highlighted, and I, I'll never forget. I stopped uh, 
uh, two individuals, they had uh, union hats on. And I stopped them on the way out. I says, guys, I, I want to ask you a question. I said, you you sound like you're, uh, seem like you're proud members of labor unions here. Absolutely, we are. He said, I got to ask you, are, wh why are you here? And I said, by the way, welcome. And they began to talk about uh, essentially populist messages. They began to talk uh, using the themes that Donald Trump had used that everybody needs uh, in, in, in terms of Republicans and Democrats, both parties need to be looked at in terms of people that have their have their their, their body up to the trough and taking what they can get. Um, and I really think that he made, Donald Trump made the Republican Party a blue collar party. And I think that was the change. I really do. And so, you know, we, we, we weren't quite as successful in 2018, but yet our governor won re-election. And then 2020 and 2022, it really looked as if we were solidifying. I will say this, though, Robin, and I think it's very important for any chair uh, to realize this. And that is, yes, we are a red state right now, but through history, Iowa has always had a tendency to be rather independent, uh, to follow third party and, and uh, 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 movements. And so I really believe that in a matter of maybe not one election cycle, but in two election cycles, that pendulum can swing. So I always tell people, we are a red state, but I always qualify it by saying that has purple tendencies. And I think woe unto any GOP chair that forgets that. And so right now we're we're looking at obviously picking up a few seats like Rob Sands auditor auditor seat, but we also are thinking about solidifying what we have done, making sure our populist wing, our establishment wing, our Christian evangelical wing, making sure all those wings of the party, and there's quite a bit of overlap, all realize that we can be unified around some certain some specific themes. And that occupies my mind a lot. You know, it's interesting you say that, Jeff, because I remember I took uh, some of my students I teach at Monmouth College uh, across the river in Illinois here. Uh, I took them to a Trump rally in Burlington in 2015. It was in September. And I noticed the same thing. Uh, we, we were down on the river uh, at, the, at the big, uh, uh, um, um, oh, I forgot the name, Assembly Hall or whatever. Um, and it was packed. And I didn't see hardly anybody there in suit and tie. Uh, it was all people in hats, uh, John Deere hats, things like that, and, and just normal attire. It was obviously a blue-collar crowd, and I would say about a third of it was from Illinois, too. But uh, I noticed the same thing, that it, that it was a very blue-collar crowd. And the Republican Party, for our listeners, was always associated with the more wealthy. That was not a, a wealthy crowd by any means. Well, and Robin, uh, right in, your, in the area where your listeners uh, reside up and down that Mississippi River from Dubuque down to Keokuk and then on the other side of our state along the Missouri River those areas along with some of our uh, some of our rural counties on the Missouri border they were the counties that truly I believe were transformed in terms of people that were willing to say we are Republicans we are populist Republicans you could feel it it's hard to it's hard to quantify it's hard to put into words but I believe Donald Trump gave that to us, and I believe it's ours to hold. Um, I think, and you know Iowa politics better than I do, but I, I want to throw out my theory. I think you're probably right that Trump really began the transformation. But I go back to the 2014 Senate race for Harkin's open seat when Harkin left. 
it seemed like that was almost a harbinger, maybe an early omen when Ernst defeated Braley. Uh, and I always thought, well, maybe that was kind of maybe the, 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 the very beginning or, but, but again, you know it better than I do, but uh, what, what do you think of that? You know what, Robin? I have never, I've never had that presented to me. But I'm what the the moment you said that immediately, I went back to Bruce Braley's biggest mistake, and that biggest mistake was basically saying that Chuck Grassley is just a farmer and shouldn't yep. be the chair of judiciary. And remember, Bruce Braley also got caught up in an episode where he was attacking his neighbors for their chickens. Now that both of those, I think, have one common theme. It's the average person, the average Iowan versus an establishment or some idea that somehow you had to be of a particular class in order to come out ahead. And actually, when, when I think of that and I think of what you just said, yes, I, I think there's some legitimacy to say that uh, Donald Trump uh, fulfilled what may very well have been started in that race. And remember, Joni Ernst, make him squeal, a direct yep. reference to rural Iowa. You know, I, I, I guess... You're familiar with the, with the concept of negative partisanship, and I, I wonder sometimes too, with the branding of the National Democratic Party uh, and how they seem to, to have really lost control of a brand that would appeal to voters in the middle. I mean, that's my perception, and people are free to disagree. But do you think Iowa voters? Have, it, it's been more. Um, has it been more of a of a pro Republican vote? Or are they just repulsed by what the, the the Democratic Party and the Democratic Party brand is presented to them, or or is it a little bit of both? I, I think it's a little bit of both. I, I would like to sit here and tell you that you know the the Republican Party of Iowa under my chairmanship did all of this, but I got to tell you in in reality, and I'm not saying this tongue in cheek, Joe Biden, AOC, the far left wing of the Democratic Party has been one of my best friends in terms of making this happen, to be quite frank. It is stunning to me, Robin. There are times when I see the branding and I see what the Democratic Party is trying to sell in Burlington or what they're trying to sell in Buffalo or what they're trying to sell down on the Missouri border. I'm thinking, for crying out loud, a, a not even a graduate student in political science, a high school senior in a government class would know this isn't going to work. And it's stunning to me how the why the Iowa Democratic Party, who I have stood up for in 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 times when I thought the National Party was uh, was was too hard on them in regards to the caucuses, but it's stunning to me that they haven't pushed back and pushed back hard against the New York California messaging that seems to have gotten completely out of control in the Hawkeye State. As you know, uh, uh, you know Iowa had the most Obama-Trump counties of any state in the nation. I think there were 31, and you're right; they were concentrated right here on the Mississippi River. And again, I think you you understate understand the state more, way more than I do. But I think the big story of the last six, seven years has been uh, right along the river here. These counties, which uh, uh, union traditions, manufacturing traditions, old factory towns. You know, yeah, rural counties have switched in Iowa. But these counties, that's the true big story, I feel. Um, and what I, I, it, this may be repetitive, Jeff, but I mean, do you think there was anything different, any dynamics that were a little different along the river here? Was it better candidates? I mean, uh, Republicans have won places like Burlington and uh, and Clinton and these old towns that were old, old time Democratic uh, New Deal type counties. Absolutely. And in Clinton, for example, I was at a 
I was at a uh, an event uh, right after uh, right after Christmas, and you know, for the first time in fifty years, the city of Clinton has a Republican legislator. So uh, this this is uh, from the from the very top, the presidency, all the way to local officials. You've seen this transformation, and I believe I agree with you in terms of how important these river towns are. I believe fifty years from now. If there's a book that's written about the history of politics in Iowa, I don't see how there is not a chapter on the transformation along the Mississippi and Missouri rivers. And I believe what you have there in those areas, first of all, in places like Dubuque, for example, you have a pro-life, you have pro-life Democrats. The modern Democratic Party has left them. Um, you also had a lot of people within their family history, they were they were Democrats. Within their union membership, they were Democrats. And once again, the Democratic Party has left them. And I believe that the Republican Party, and specifically the new populist Republican Party, the blue-collar Republican Party, simply filled that void in a way that the that the coastal uh, Democratic elites never could. I, I mean, it's a, it's a confluence of the Democrats messing up the messaging and the Republicans being there with a new populist message and I really, I, I, I concur with you wholeheartedly that the rivers, including the Mississippi River and the river counties, uh, led the way in that. It's, it's been quite an amazing phenomena to have this front row seat that I've had in all of this. You're listening to Heartland Politics on WVIK Public Radio in the Quad Cities. This is your host, Robin Johnson, and my I'm talking today with Iowa Republican County, or I'm sorry, Republican Statewide Chair, Jeff Kaufman. Uh, we've been talking a little bit about um, what's happened uh, in the past that's created this uh, sea change in Iowa politics that's changed the state from, from a battleground state to, uh, I think it's everybody agrees now, this is a red state. Uh, Jeff shared a little bit his caution in going too far with that and always uh, keep keeping the focus on the voters because of their, their voters and independent tendencies in, in the state. Um, we talked a little bit about that, and I, I guess I want to switch switch gears and talk about the caucuses. We're we're sure. we're getting going here a little bit. Uh, I some uh, uh, Republicans have announced their candidacies. Um, this is all on the, just for our listeners. If you're a little confused, the Democrats have changed. We'll talk about that in a minute. Republicans are still going to start in Iowa uh, in about a, well, a little less than a year. Um, what are you seeing, uh, Jeff, so far with the with the field uh, coming out, and um, um, what what any thoughts or observation on how the field is going to take shape uh, in this big twenty twenty four election? We have had a burst of energy in February. Um, it, I mean, you can feel it. Uh, you know, from from Nikki Haley touring here. Uh, and we've we've actually this week we've interacted with her team because as a party we are as the Republican Party of Iowa we are neutral. Uh, Tim Scott, I, I was texting uh, his campaign manager day. Actually, it's the first time I've said this publicly. Uh, less than an hour ago, I was talking to Governor DeSantis, uh, key staffer in the state, and uh, we'll be attending that rally. As I will be attending a variety of uh, of rallies for all, everyone that's running uh, in uh, uh, next week. And so I am hearing from everyone. Um, this is going to be, I believe this is going to be a very active uh, race here in Iowa. That's good for Iowa. Um, obviously, we've got some heavyweights in this race between, uh, you know, President Trump has officially declared 
Um, you know, Ron DeSantis is certainly uh, making visits here, but he is not a declared candidate. And then we've got some strong people that's emerging that I think it's a matter of time of introducing themselves, like Tim Scott, like Nikki Haley. And then we also can't, they can't forget a whole host of candidates that may be seen as long shots, but certainly can introduce themselves here. And Robin, here's the thing. Only in Iowa could some individuals that have less than 5% name recognition actually legitimately and seriously make their case. It is precisely the reason why we must start here in Iowa. We don't pick the presidential candidate, but we give people an opportunity to make their case and we help to winnow that crowd. So I'm just really excited. I'm glad we're kicking things off, New Hampshire and Iowa, and then followed a little later uh, by uh, uh, by South Carolina and by um, uh, Nevada. So uh, it's 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 exciting. I feel the energy here. I, I you know, in 2020 we still had a caucus, but you know, President Trump was incumbent, and there was uh, essentially there was no contest. This is feeling like 2016, with just people everywhere and every place, and Iowans and actually Western Illinois citizens that want to hop across that river. They're more than welcome too. I just ask that they fill up their tank with gas and buy some things while they're here. Uh, I got to ask this, uh, you know, the, the, the big question, the 800 pound gorilla, so to speak, is Donald Trump. Um, everybody's speculating uh, about Donald Trump, Donald Trump's role in this race. Uh, of course, I remember eight years ago when nobody took him seriously and I was picking up vibes early from folks uh, that he, he, he was to be taken seriously. Um, but is what are your feelings, Jeff? I mean, I, you, you know, obviously he's controversial. There's investigations going on. Uh, Biden uh, defeated him. I mean, Biden might have been the only Democrat that could have defeated him, I think. But what, what are your feelings about Trump going into this race? Would you, uh, as chairman, I know you're neutral, but would you prefer to see maybe a fresh face? Are you open for Trump being the nominee again? I The only thing I can be dedicated to, Robin, is making sure we have a fair and neutral process. Um, clearly, President Trump has a name recognition advantage. He has a he has a record. Uh, you know, I, I think most people would see him uh, as an early front runner. I have no polling to back that up. But also, certainly, there is an energy out there for, uh, you know, for, and, and for Ron DeSantis. There's also, in my in my prediction is, there's going to be a growing energy for two or three of, uh, of these others. And I don't know who they're, that's the exciting thing about Iowa. Mark my words, there's going to be a couple of other non-Trump, non-DeSantis candidates out there that are going to catch fire. Um, what I want to see is uh, what I want to see is Iowans making sure that they are listening to everyone and that they we still have that Iowa nice. Um, we know it may not be Iowa nice sometimes in a general election. I mean, uh, where it's a full contact sport between Republicans, and Democrats. But within our caucus, Iowans have a uh, I, I, within our party, Iowans have a, a, a knack for listening politely to everyone for remembering, uh, at least trying to remember Reagan's 11th commandment, giving everybody a shot, everybody a chance. And to be fair, I believe that if the uh, if the National Party would not have uh, would not have thumbed their nose at the Midwest, because there isn't a Midwest state in that early in that early window. Michigan is not Midwest; it's Detroit with a little rural area. And so, uh, you know, the Democrats have given a chance here. I think the Democratic Party. 
uh, showed themselves very well in terms of how they handle it. Looks like we're going to be carrying this on our shoulders. And my hope is that uh, the rest of Iowans will do what the party's going to do. And that is a sincere welcome to everyone. And then when you make up your mind, advocate hard and make sure and show up on caucus. And who knows, maybe the Democrats will join us. They have a welcome sign from me if they want to thumb their nose at the National Democrats and join us uh, as a uh, as a first in the nation caucus. Eight years ago, of course, there were 17 Republicans. I got a chance to interview, I think, 15 of them on my show, which was nice. Um, but there were a lot of people who felt it split the vote up and enabled Trump to do better than perhaps he would have otherwise. I'm not sure about that theory, but uh, that's what people said anyway. Do you feel that way, that a bigger field, uh, uh, you know, are you concerned about a bigger field that may enable Trump to uh, ha have an easier job of winning that gives him momentum going into the other states? Or are you just kind of, hey, the more the merrier? The more, I, in my opinion, the more the merrier. And here's the thing, I, what I'm most proud of of Iowa, if Donald Trump ends up winning the Iowa caucuses, that's great. If somebody emerges, uh, you know, the, the first thing I'm going to say, Robin, only in Iowa, only in Iowa can somebody emerge, somebody like a like like a like a Governor Huckabee, somebody like a Rick Santorum. I am so proud of the fact that this state can actually be the vehicle by which and I mean this wholeheartedly. You can look in the eyes of a fifth grade classroom and say you can be president. If we don't start in a place like Iowa where a Rick Santorum can win or a Donald Trump can win. And all that is is hollow words. This state actually is the vehicle by which anybody can become president of the United States. I, th that is more important and transcends whoever it is that wins this caucus. As, as we move into this, and there's going to be obviously not a lot of national press. So uh, there, there's I just saw uh, s some some news out of Des Moines. There, there might be a push in the legislature uh, to among Republicans in the legislature, but potentially ban gay marriage in the state, if I, if I read that correctly. Are you concerned a little that maybe um, some parts of the party are pushing the party maybe a little too far, uh, right? That, that where, where voters uh, in the middle may be put off and, and take a second look at the Democrats? Is that a concern at all on the eve of the caucuses here, as, or the caucus uh, process as we get into 2023? Sure, fair question. And right now in the legislature, it's funnel leak. So, you know, of the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of bills that are filed, people are looking at every single one of those bills because if they don't get out of committee this week, those bills are dead. So you're going to be hearing a lot of topics, a lot of bills, and it remains to be seen. And we've got about, uh, oh, a little over 24 hours to see if those bills make it. Here's the thing. Uh, many, most, most of the legislators, just like the governor, uh, and some of her priorities that she's been able to lead the way in passing them. Most of these, mo most of the individuals that are offering bills, like you just described, they campaigned on, them. and it was an overwhelming uh, win for Republicans. I've never been afraid of a citizen legislature reflecting their districts back home. Things have a way of winning themselves out, and I think ultimately, uh, when the chapter of this Iowa legislature is going to be written. It's going to be written right after sine die adjournment, and we'll see what goes through. The beauty of a citizen legislature, Robin, is any person can put forth any idea and attempt to get a fair hearing and a debate. 
if we even begin to even try to dampen that spirit of a citizen legislature, we're doing harm uh, to that, to, you know, to, to the whole idea of, of citizen legislature. So I've, I've never, I've, I've, you know, let the chips lie uh, where they may. And, uh, you know, the farmers and the teachers and the bankers and the, uh, and, and the stay-at-home moms that occupy those seats, really on both sides of the aisle, you know what? If you told your constituents you're going to explore something, you go for it. We have time for one more question for Iowa uh, Republican Chair Jeff Kaufman. Uh, I got about two minutes, Jeff. Uh, there, there were reports last week of perhaps some uh, rumors or whatever of uh, potential foul play by the Democrats if they do not have their caucuses uh, the same day as the Republicans, which looks that way. With I, I agree. I talked to Chairman Hart last week, and it's unfortunate, uh, I think, that the National Party took this away from Iowa. I think it'll it'll hurt. Uh, but anyway, that's not my place to say. But my question to you, I mean, there, there were reports of potential, you know, uh, where Democrats would get try to get involved in the Iowa caucuses to perhaps help nominate a, a weaker candidate. Uh, Chairman Hart denied that, said that they, there's no uh, no plans to do anything like that. Uh, have you heard that? And what are you going to maybe look in you and the, the leaders of the Republican Party in Iowa, look in any type of measures to improve security or whatever so that that would not happen? question. Chairman Hart was in the legislature. She knows this happens all the time in primaries. If there's a primary in the Republicans, we're going to have Democrats switch their party to try to mess with it. And quite frankly, Robin, that's also happened the other way. So to say that that's not going to happen is a bit naive. But do I think there's going to be some concentrated effort, uh, you know, orchestrated by the chairwoman? No, of course not. But do I think there's going to be some Democrats? Do I think there's going to be some some Iowa City organic turnip farmers that are going to uh, have a little free time on their hands on Monday and try to mess with the Republicans? Of course they will. And are we going to take that serious? We will. And we actually have a committee right now, Robin, and we're going to we're going to make sure that the people participating in the caucuses are Republicans, not Democrats with a little free with a little too much free time on their hands. Uh, and you know what? If the if the, the roles were reversed and I was the Democratic Party chair. I would do the same thing. So yes, we are going to take it seriously. There's going to be some things we're going to do to guard against that. And maybe they can play Scrabble or Monopoly on Monday night in Iowa City instead of trying to go to our caucuses. Hey, one more question real quick. This is a short one. Uh, sure. What will be what would be the first event so far planned in Iowa where all the potential candidates are together? I do have, you know? as of right now, there have been a few events that are uh, inviting everyone. I know okay. some of our Christian evangelical uh, groups, the Faith and Freedom uh, Spring Kickoff. I know they're inviting everyone. I have not heard of any official event of which there's a chance of getting everyone there. I will just tell you this much, Robin, as a bit of a teaser. The Republican Party of Iowa will be having some announcements later on. And uh, I love my statewide media more than I love my national media. So you folks will be uh, will hear about it if something emerges. I'll be looking forward to that. Iowa State Republican Chairman Jeff Kaufman has been my guest today. Jeff, always a pleasure having you on. And uh, thank you again for your time and look forward to having you back. Likewise, Robin, and thank you for the questions. And uh, thanks for a great broadcast out there along the Mississippi River. That's home turf for me. So I love you and I love what you do.
You're listening to Heartland Politics with Robin Johnson, a presentation of WVIK Quad Cities NPR.